Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't Moriarty disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who learned to drive by taking a correspondence course, Jacob. Why, thank you. Waka waka. Uh, I cracked myself up. Uh, so does Fozzie. <laughs> yeah, so does Fozzie all the time. Uh, why, thank you. Like introduce our co-host. A man, well, who is looking for some good, looking for a uh, for a spokesman for his for his frog legs. Welcome, Drew. Let me rephrase that. Be like he's a he's a man looking for frog legs. Welcome, Drew. Okay, look. I may be southern, but I ain't <laughs> never had frog legs. You've never had frog legs. I've never had frog legs. So okay. I don't even know if they're good or not. But I think they taste like chicken. I'm sh- what doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> but this movie kind of makes me okay. Thanks to this movie, anytime I think of the word frog legs, all I see are thousands of frogs on tiny crutches. <laughs> now, after watching this movie, yes, I completely get that joke. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, for those of you who are wondering what on earth we're talking about, uh, later on in this episode, we will be reviewing the Muppet movie. Yes. But in the meantime, Jacob, how are you doing today? Uh, I've been tired. Like, very tired. Uh, this morning, I woke up. And I just felt dead to the world. Be like, I went to bed at a normal time, mm-hmm. like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. Went to bed, got up at six, and I was like, I could barely get my head off my pillow. How tired I was for some odd reason. You didn't sleep well last night, apparently. But that's what like, it sounds like. That, I mean, like obviously. And uh, so I finally got myself my my uh, my keister out of bed, and uh, went to work, and just. Like how you let little just little bothersome things bug you, and it mm-hmm. just it ruins your day to a to a very small extent. But uh, yeah, it's a be like it was it was a very good day after after lunch because uh, you know lunch be like a good a meal or somewhat. Then not be like a full course meal, but be like it it kind of helps calm everything down. Be like it's not as bad as you think it is, mm-hmm. or it's maybe it's your perception that is. The problem, but either way, get you know get back from get back from get back from lunch, and the power goes out. Have to shut the store down until three until about three thirty, and by the time we get everything back ready, be like all I do is work for another fifteen minutes and to go home. <laughs> That's it. Alrighty then. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a very interesting day. Let's just say that in a nutshell. Okay. And overall, it was a very interesting day. How was yours? Stressful. Hmm. No, it's... Uh, how do I put this in a way without actually saying what it is? Because mm. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about, especially on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, essentially, there's been some shuffling of personnel at work, and we're just trying to get back to normal is all it comes down to. Right. And then doing so, that you know that just leads to stress. But I'm very happy to do this tonight. 
So, yeah. Okay. Believe it or not, this is not as stressful okay. as work. I can imagine. So, Jacob, what have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Uh, come and think of it. I'd be like, I obviously watched this movie for the review, obviously. And mm-hmm. I know that our good friend Chase um, had us over, yes. over over on a certain day. Mm-hmm. And we watched a few things or one or two things. Primarily one thing. Primarily one thing. I'm just, I'm drawing the, I am it's drawing an a, odd name. Uh-huh. It is. If you give me a second, I might find it. Certainly. Ah, Votoms. Votoms. That was weird. No, that, that weird. That was the mech show. Yeah, that was the mech show. Be like, that was, that was, it was good for its time. It was very good for its time. There was a few, other, there was like a couple of others we actually went through. The other one we watched, because we only watched two shows. Yeah, that we is true. We just watched a couple episodes of both shows. That is true. The other one was, is it wrong to try to pick up That's girls in right. a dungeon? Thank you. That was very cool. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Ever since like, I haven't seen the entire season, I feel like it was enjoyable to watch. Uh, very much along the lines of the 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 uh, the guy who's got all the girls crushing on him, and he. I don't know. We never got. It never really felt like it was going into a harame. Yeah, it just felt like you had two girls who liked him, maybe three. Yeah, three. I would say, maybe but at three. the same time. I, only one do I think has a chance. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> the other two aren't really trying. Yeah, true. And like watching that movie, it kind of made me realize, like through the 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 lens of our our main our protagonist, is that we we find ourselves so focused on be like I'm going to do this, but we don't see everything else around us. Mm-hmm. Be like maybe that 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 one girl, that one lady who is. Like maybe be like I want to get to know him better, but he's so focused on this, and I, that kind of gave me a, a different, not a different perspective, obviously, because I already knew it, but it kind of it reinforced something to to the extent of be like we we get so focused on one thing mm-hmm. that we don't see everything around us, or we get like when we get like down on ourselves or something like that. Like I I'll have a tendency of doing. That I don't see. It's like okay, I have all these people that do this and be like it. Just it helps you open your perspective up a little bit more, and that was kind of helping in a way. What weird you get from an anime of all? Hey, anime can be strong. Yeah, I can. I'll be like, I can. It can. I knew what you meant. Yes, but either way. All right. All right. So what else have you? What have you been watching? Well. Along with those shows you those two shows you mentioned, yes, that we watched over at Chase's, mm-hmm. I also finished the first season after a year and a half of Agretzko. Really, if you remember, I talked about this on an early, early episode. Yes, I don't you remember did. which one, but I finished the first season. It had an it had a good ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it, and then for whatever reason, I picked up watching The Office again. Hmm. Kind of a similar thing, but different. Yeah, but it's it's got similar parallels. Some is the word. Yeah, some. Not a lot. Yeah, yeah. The but, uh, the Japanese raccoon who a stressed out gets stressed out during work and goes to a carrier and screams heavy metal. Yes, and then I watch Michael Scott try to be Prison Mike. <laughs> okay. Or uh, what was what was the what was the other one? Um, uh, threat level midnight. 
Agent Michael Starn or something like that. It, if you've, you've never watched The Office, have you? No, I have not. Oh, it's a funny show. Okay. I do suggest it. Uh, bear in mind that first season of Michael Scott, Stephen Carell's character, yeah. is annoying. Of it course. It gets better when you get to season two when they yeah. fixed his character. Mm. But uh, yeah. Cool. That's what I've been watching. All right, uh, what do we got in the news? With the world as it is right now with Corona and... If you live in Texas, now things are starting to open up. And I know there's a lot of different states, and I know nationwide, mm-hmm. things are starting to open up back, open up a little bit more, which is a good thing. Yeah. All right. Show. With that said, uh, obviously, DreamWorks Universal has had its little spout with a uh, spat with, um, uh, what is it, AMC? AMC, yeah. And uh, Regal, I think. Oh, and Regal. I think it's both comp- both, both uh, chains. Oh, okay. So, you know, obviously this all started with Trolls World Tour is coming to Blu-ray, DVD, 4K Ultra. Uh, on About six months early. Seb, maybe a little bit. Because here's the thing. If, if it had had its regular release. Yes. It it might be leaving theaters by now. Maybe have another week or two, yeah. approximately. It's been a month and a half since it came out. Right. Uh, and usually that means it's got another three to four months, at least, until uh, they try to start. They try to start, you know, pushing it. But that's going to put it yes. into October. That's Halloween month. Mm. That's closer to when make make more sense for Scoob to come out. To be honest, right. That may ha- that may would have had to come out in September or maybe wait till November, maybe December. Yeah, you know, come out in time for Christmas. But I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh, okay. So it will be coming out digitally on June 28th, mm-hmm. and then on its on a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD, mm-hmm. and obviously on digital on July 7th. In a very interesting. Uh, edition. Dance Party Edition. Oh, good night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep in mind, people, I've not watched either either Trolls movie. These movies could be good, and I don't even know it. Yeah. I, I wa- doubt it, but it could be good. That is a possibility. I've, I've watched five, ten minutes of it. I've watched whatever the tra- has been in the trailers. I gotcha. That's all I've watched. So I gotcha. I guess technically that would be about ten minutes if you count both. Yeah. Well, either way, that'll, that'll be coming out shortly. We came out early, and uh, yeah, I did fail to mention one thing. We did watch a movie together, which was Scoob. Uh, yeah, that was this last weekend. Yes, it was. So we had the opportunity to watch Scoob. Uh, we rented it Scoob, and then we did a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And so you can catch it now on your favorite podcast directory. And YouTube. And YouTube, of course. Which is also where you'll find our uh in a lot of our a couple of our backlogged episodes yeah. and all but one part of of our gameplay session of Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes, and I will blame the missing of part three on me completely because I'm goofed. But anyway, it, it happens. Yes. So yeah, that's the news. That is the news. Okay. Well, then let's get into our spoiler-free review of the movie, the Muppet movie. Yes. Shall we? So. This, I know for a fact, mm-hmm. was one of those that I, my grandpa recorded off Disney Channel or a cha- or some. I don't, it may not have been Disney Channel, but a right. channel. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I probably wore the VHS out okay. as a child. This and the next two Muppet movies, I know I watched a lot as a kid. Uh, so I've probably seen this movie about 20, 30 times. <laughs> okay. I've seen it a lot, and not ah. as much in recent years, of course. There's more to watch, but I've right. probably watched this a bunch as a kid. So this is a nostalgia trip for me in many ways. Okay. Uh, this was the first time, though, you'd ever watched yes. it. Yes. Because you are not a big fan of the Muppets. I'm the one forcing you to get a, to get an appreciation of this property. Yes. Okay. In my defense, my be like obviously I had heard of the Muppets as a child. Mm-hmm. My first real experience of the Muppets was Muppet Babies. Understandable. Yeah. Which drove me absolutely bonkers at that age. So and put a bad taste in your mouth. So yeah. you never tried any of the rest of. No, it. I didn't. So. So ha- this now being your second. Muppet movie. Yeah. Is your opinion getting better? Yes. I'd be like, most definitely. Okay. Yeah. The now, yes, I would say most definitely it is giving me a greater appreciation, appreciation, appreciation for this, uh, this franchise. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this movie tremendously. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the wackiness, the, the journey of this film. Yes. And the conclusion is so just like, okay, that totally makes sense within the context of this film. Yeah, amazingly, yes. Yes, it does. It's it's one of those joys that it's like, okay, this is a little bit weird, and there, there, were, there were a few things I didn't quite understand. We can touch on that later. Yes. But... Uh, if, if even I can comment, because you, you might right. ask questions, I have no idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And would I would definitely recommend this. Now, you might have a few problems with, like, some of the cameos that show up in this film. You might not recognize a bunch of them. No, I didn't. I recognize nearly, I'd say 75% of them from other movies of that time, though. Yeah, that is I true. Can't t- most of them I don't, I can't tell you I watched on a theater screen. Yeah. But, yeah. So we'll get to that yes, here in a minute. We will. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. I thoroughly enjoyed this film, and, uh, yeah, highly recommend it. Okay, and we are both in agreement that this the kids can watch this, correct? Oh, yeah. Even if they don't get some of the jokes? Yeah, some of the jokes, you probably, because it's, it's in the nineteenth, it's in the late 1970s. Oh, yeah, it's very much a product of its time. Yes. But uh, there's, there's, there's probably a lot of cameos, like definitely the cameo at the very end of the film. Like kids are going to be like, who is this guy? Doesn't matter who he is. He's the head of the studio. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Go watch it. You can watch it on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I watched it. And, and uh, for those of you who know anything about the Muppet movie and the weird cuts that disney has done recently with uh different showings on television and stuff this is the full movie they did not cut a thing out of this that's good well i'll just say it there's apparently on an abc family airing of this movie yeah they cut out kermit and rolf's song probably mostly for timing okay but i've heard some people say it's a bit sexist i don't see it but anyway okay I don't agree with that statement, I, but mm-hmm. anyway. All right, yeah. 
So let's get into our spoiler field section. Well, we will do that on the other side. Yes, we will. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Muppet Movie. Listener discretion is advised. The Muppet Movie was directed by James Frawley, who uh, is famous for directing the Monkees TV show. Okay. How's that for a connection you were not expecting? I wasn't expecting that. Uh, it was written by uh, Jerry Jewell, who also wrote uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, many episodes of The Muppet Show, and The Jim Henson Hour. Mm-hmm. It was also written by Jack Burns, who, along with writing a bunch of other stuff, played uh, Deputy Warren Ferguson, who is, which is the guy who replaced Barney Fife on The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, didn't know that. Uh, music was by uh, Kenny Asher, who wrote the music for the 76 uh, A Star is Born movie. Okay. And I'm assuming that may have gone forward, but I did not see his name in the new one. Ah. And uh, Paul Williams, who, along with writing a bunch of uh, uh, music, uh, includes uh, Emma Otter's Jug Band Christmas ah. and the theme to The Love Boat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The cast includes... Jim Henson, playing Kermit the Frog, Rolf the Dog, Dr. Teeth, Waldorf, Swedish Chef, Link Hogthrob, some of Doc Hopper's men. He is the creator, of of course, of Sesame Street, The Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and The Muppets. Uh, Frank Oz plays Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, Sam the Eagle, some of Doc Hopper's men, Marvin Suggs, and he's an assistant on the Swedish Chef Muppet, and played a motorcycle guy in this movie. Okay. He is, of course, Yoda in the Star Wars franchise, and he played the character of Alan Stevens in Knives Out. Ah, movie I still need to watch. You do need to watch that. Uh, Jerry Nelson plays Floyd Pepper, Crazy Harry, Robin the Frog, Lou Zealand, Camilla, a blue frackle, and he is known for playing... Count Von Count on Sesame Street. Huh. You know who I'm talking about, right? I think so. One, ah, ah, ah. That's Two, ah, ah, ah. Now, (laughs) in my defense, we didn't have Sesame Street growing up. So I know who the character is, but most of what they do on Sesame Street, I'm like, Uh, David Goals played the great Gonzo, Zoot, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, Dog Lion, an Iraqian in El Slizo Cafe, Nigel, and a pig in this movie. He also is known for playing Earl Sinclair on the television show Dinosaurs. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jim Henson cor- uh, that makes sense. did that show too. Yes, okay. Uh, Charles Durning plays Doc Hopper, and uh, he played Pepe O'Daniel in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Okay. I didn't realize it was the same guy. <laughs> I didn't either. You you have seen O Brother. Yes. Okay. I saw it once. We need to make make you watch it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Austin Pendleton plays Max, and uh, he played the character Gurgle in Finding Nemo. Mm. I don't remember which character this Me is. Me either. But that's okay, because apparently Austin Pendleton hated being in this movie, from what I understand. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, yeah. Shame on him. Okay, now into the cameos. Okay. This is a mighty long list. That it is. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy play themselves. Okay. 
And yes, Edgar Bergen is a ventriloquist and Charlie is his dummy, but... That's right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, who in the world are you talking about? You know, they played the judges That's in this right. movie at yeah. the uh, Bogan County Beauty Contest. Just, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they are... Admittedly, you can tell this is one of Edgar Bergen's last performances because you can actually see his lips move okay. when he's doing the... That's, when he's performing yes. as Charlie, which is a little disappointing, but I mean, he's... Old, he was an old man at the time. Yeah. Still, it's amazing he was able to do that. Yes. Uh, Milton Burl played Madman Mooney, the uh, used car salesman. Oh, okay. And in the movie It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, he played J. Russell Finch. Okay. Mel Brooks played Professor Max Craftsman. Oh, he ate that one up so much. He was, was so the, good. He, he directed and wrote... Uh, Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and co-wrote Young Frankenstein and yeah. directed that. I didn't realize he directed it. Yeah, he well, he directed it. It was written by him and... Uh, oh, um, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yes. Uh, James Coburn played the El Sleazo Cafe owner. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. He was a Brit in The Magnificent Seven and Sedgwick in The Great Escape. Huh. Dom DeLuise played yeah. Bernie the Agent. Yes. <laughs> he is, of course, Itchy in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. Among many other movies. Yes. That we have gone over on this show yes, a couple of times. Have. Elliot Gould played the beauty contest uh, announcer. Yeah. He was Trapper John in the movie MASH. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Bob Hope played an I- the ice cream vendor. And in the movie Son of Paleface, he played Peter Potter Jr. Peter Potter Jr. Okay. Yes. Madeline Kahn plays the El Slizo patron. She was Mrs. White in Clue, Elizabeth in Young Frankenstein, and Lily Von Stupp in Blazing Saddles. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm seeing a connection. Might be a tough couple here. Yeah. They here. might have been hiring com- comedic actors just, and just actresses. A, just a little bit. Speaking of which, Carol Kane played Myth. That's okay. I was like, Carol Kane. I'd be like, I saw it. I was like, Carol yes. Kane. Who the world was Carol Kane? Well, in The or Princess is. in the Princess Bride, she played Valerie, which was Miracle Max's witch. Oh, okay. <laughs> I definitely would not have recognized her because she was wearing so much makeup in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Or heavy prosthetics. Uh, Cloris Leachman. Mm -hmm. Hang on. I'm trying to get back up here. Sorry. Not find my iPhone. I know where my iPhone is. Okay. Cloris Leachman played uh, the secretary at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is, of course, known for playing, uh, in in the movie Young Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. she plays Frau Blucher. She was also played the character of Gran in The Crudes. Okay. Now, with that scene itself, I, I, I found that so incredibly cruel mm-hmm. that they show up for the audition. They're going to meet the, the head of the studio. It's like, no, you can't come in without, without a... Uh, they, didn't, they didn't even say you could come in with an appointment. He was just busy. Yeah, he was just busy. and be like, It's like, oh, I'm allergic to animal hair. And what do they do? They start shaking their hair all over the place, making this woman just miserable beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Just let them in. It's like, oh yeah, you Muppets are so cruel. 
Steve Martin played the insolent waiter. Yes. <laughs> Love this performance. And he was Neil Page in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, my. And Lucky Day in The Three Amigos. Oh. Arriba. Richard Pryor played yeah. the balloon vendor. <laughs> yeah. He was Gus Gorman in Superman 3 uh-huh. and Grover in uh, Silver Streak. Mm-hmm. Telly Savalas played an El Slizo tough. He is Blofeld in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And he played uh, Archer Maggot in The Dirty Dozen. And he played Lieutenant Theo Kojak in the television show Kojak. Kojak. Gotcha. Orson Welles. Of course. Plays Lou Lord. He is of co- he uh, played Unicron in the Transformers the movie. I am highly disappointed. And Citizen and Kane in Citizen Kane. Yes. And last and most certainly not least, Carol Spinney plays Big Bird. That's right. Okay. And he is also the uh, uh, the puppeteer on and the voice of Oscar the Grouch. On Sesame Street, ah, along with Big Bird. Hmm. So, what do we got in the box office and other th- novelties? All right. So, I'm going to call this uh, this segment called Info. Can I give us a little info on? So, we're now on our fifth title for this segment. Yes, but we are. It's all good. Yeah, it's be like. So, what is the info on this movie? All right. So, on IMDb, it has a 7.6 rating. Mm-hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 88 percent. So that's very good. Mm-hmm. And its audience score is the exact same, which okay. is something I have never, I have not seen thus this is far. a well-liked movie. The very, very well-liked movie. By the people who like it. <laughs> All right. All right. So production, it came down to two companies, which was ITC Entertainment mm-hmm. or the Incorporated Movie Company. Yeah. And the Jim Henson movie. Mm-hmm. Which Jim Henson Company, let's yeah, say that. Because it uh, wasn't Jim, Jim Henson Productions yet. No. Jim Henson Pictures yet. No, it wasn't yet. Uh, they this are, was the same uh, two people who were also funding The Muppet Show. At- really? I mean, yeah. Yes, that is right. You're completely utterly... Because this movie came out between, I think, season three and four of Muppet Show. Yes, it did. I think it was like one and two. Between Maybe. one and two and one and the three. Two or two and three. I don't remember. But anyway. One of those. It came um, out while The Muppet Show was still on the air. True. So, obviously, the Jim Henson Company is very well known for, obviously, The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fraggle Rock, which I remember very... I don't remember too well as a child, but I remember it was very funny. Mm-hmm. The Bear in the Blue House. Yeah, Bear in the Big Blue House, which Big I Blue think House. was a Disney Channel original show. Yes, or it was. Ju- or D- Disney Junior. Yeah, one of those. Be like, I've, yeah. I heard so much about it, but I'd, obviously, I was already into basically an adult when that came out. The main reason I know about it was reading when I read that Disney bought the Muppets and the bear in the big blue house. Yeah. Like those were equal properties. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Right. So also the actually they also includes obviously the Muppet movie, which we're mm-hmm. reviewing today, the dark crystal, which we review eventually and labyrinth. And should also include uh Muppets take Manhattan and the great Muppet caper. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Yes. Ooh, that'd be a good one to do. Labyrinth. We should think about that. I'm yes. putting that on the list. That or uh, Dark Crystal. I think Dark Crystal might be better to start with. Yeah, that's true. Before we get into the dance magic dance. Yes. <laughs> I like that movie. It was really good. Anyway. All right. So distributor was Association Film Distributor. Distribution. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right now it's being distributed through Disney. 
because Disney pretty much got all the rights to the Muppets with the exception of anything that was still owned by another company. Yes. That was not Jim Henson Productions connected to the Muppets. Mm -hmm. The big two items that includes is uh, Muppets Take Manhattan and Muppets from Space. Yes. And uh, they did not get Dark Crystal or Labyrinth. Huh. Disney does not own those. Really? Because they're not Muppets. That is true. They're not even called Muppets by the Jim Henson Company. So That is true. So who owns them? That's the I question. I think Sony's got the distribution rights because it would have it's the it's because they had the distribution for uh, Muppets Take Manhattan also. Okay, I'm sure that was all in that same sort of deal because I think they have both. I'll, uh, I can look on my Labyrinth book in, uh, case in there, but I'd have to go find it. Okay, but I believe that's uh, Columbia. Okay, Columbia TriStar, which is Sony. Okay, I got you. All right, so we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right, so it was released on June twenty second. 1979 in the USA. Mm-hmm. It had a it had a budget of eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to its gro- domestic gross and its international gross, there's not a real solid figure to it. And so, not for this time period, no, not for this time period. So, for both, it earned sixty five point eight million dollars. I'd say it won it it got its budget back. Yes. Definitely. And a lot more. Yeah, definitely that, that time but that time uh that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at uh I think it was Jaws. Jaws was only made in nineteen seventy oh seventy six. Seventy six, seventy seven. I mean like that movie broke like it was a mil- like it broke a million dollars. And now I know to modern audience you make a million dollars be like okay you failed at the outbox office but, but for 1979 yes, that was good money that, that was such good money that was so good and, and that's one of the things you have to remember about the muppets yes up until the 90s yeah the muppets were as big as mickey mouse and bugs bunny true in terms of anthropomorphic animal characters it's not until the 90s where that fall-off happened for, honestly, who knows what reason. Yeah. Mostly because they didn't. Ha- the only thing they had on that most people saw was Muppet Babies. Yeah, that is true. Not that I don't like Muppet Babies. It's just it's not as good as it could be. Yeah. Either Muppet Babies, although I hadn't really watched the new show. Because mm. why would I? <laughs> so, yeah, that is what is in the info or whatever we're calling this Next week. Next week. We'll figure it out. <laughs> or week after next. Yes. Or I think it would be next week for the listeners. But anyway. Yes. So uh, let's get into this movie summary. Go for it. The film begins with the Muppets sitting down at a private screening to watch a movie that tells the story of how they all met. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Kermit the Frog lives a simple life in a Florida swamp. One day, he enjoys an afternoon playing the, his banjo and singing Rainbow Connection when he is approached by Bernie, a talent agent who encourages Kermit to pursue a career in show business. Inspired by the idea of making millions of people happy, Kermit sets off on a cross-country trip to L.A., but he is soon pursued by entrepreneur Doc Hopper and his assistant Max, who attempt to convince Kermit to be the new spokesfrog of Hopper's struggling French-fried frog legs restaurant franchise unwilling to accept kermit's refusal hopper resorts to incredibly forceful means of persuasion kermit meets fozzie bear who is working as a hapless stand-up comedian 
and Kermit invites Fozzie on his journey. The two set out in Fozzie's 1951 Studebaker. In an old church, they meet the rock band Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem and the band's manager, Scooter, and they give a copy of the film's script to the band. Driving on, they meet and are joined by Gonzo and his girlfriend, Camilla the Chicken. They, they trade in their failing vehicle at a used car lot where they meet Sweetums. They invite Sweetums to come with them, but he runs away. Thinking he does not want to come, the others drive away only for Sweetums to emerge and reveal that he had only run away to pack his things. The group meets Miss Piggy at a county fair, and she immediately becomes love-stricken with Kermit. When Kermit and Miss Piggy meet for dinner that night, Hopper and Max kidnap Miss Piggy as bait to lure Kermit. When Kermit arrives at the designated location, mad scientist Professor Craftsman tries to brainwash Kermit into performing in Hopper's ad advertisements. But an enraged Miss Piggy knocks out Hopper's henchman and causes Craftsman to be brainwashed by his own device. Piggy on foo! <laughs> However, immediately after the fight and saving Kermit, Miss Piggy receives a job offer and promptly abandons a devastated Kermit. But then the film projector overheats the film and the Swedish chef fixes the film and returns back to the screening. <laughs> Joined later by Rolf the dog and reunited with Miss Piggy, the Muppets continue their journey to Hollywood, but their car breaks down in the desert. Sitting at a campfire, the group sadly realizes they will likely miss the audition the next day. Kermit wanders off, ashamed for bringing his friends on a fruitless journey, but some personal reflection restores his commitment. He returns to camp where he discovers the electric mayhem have come to their rescue, having learned of their plight by reading ahead in the script. The Mayhem offer to drive the entire group the rest of the way in their bus. The group is warned by Max that Hopper has hired an assassin, Snake Walker, to kill Kermit. Kermit decides to face his aggressor and proposes a western-style showdown in a nearby ghost town. There they find inventor Bunsen Honeydew and his assistant Beaker. Kermit confronts Hopper with an appeal to Hopper's own hopes and dreams, but Hopper is unmoved and orders his henchmen to kill Kermit and his friends. They are saved by doc one of Dr. Bunsen's inventions, Instagrow Pills, temporarily enlarging Mayhem Drummer Animal into, into a giant, frightening Wayne Hopper and his henchmen for good. Once the Muppets reach the Hollywood studio, they finally meet studio executive Lou Lord, who signs the Muppets to a standard rich and famous contract. They attempt to make their first movie as a pastiche of their journey. The first... The first take goes awry when Gonzo crashes into the prop rainbow and an explosion blows a hole in the roof of the studio. As the Muppets stand in sun silence, a natural rainbow shines through the hole and onto the Muppets. Joined by the other Muppet characters, the Muppets sing the final verses of uh, the Rainbow Connection reprieve before Sweetums crashes through the movie screen in the theater, ending the film and catching up with the rest of the crew <laughs> as they congratulate each other on their performances. <laughs> Oh, what a nutty synopsis that very well defines this movie. Pretty much. So if you don't mind, I want I would like to go first on the likes. Rip into it. I love that this is a road trip movie. I do. Agree. This is uh road trips are always a fun concept yeah. that you don't get to see often. Because mm -hmm. I think so many people just really don't know how to do road trips that well. And plus they're expensive to film. They are. For one thing, because you've got to be in a bunch of different locations. This movie, though, was entirely filmed in Nevada and California. <laughs> Makes because sense. there's enough area over there that looks like different parts of the country. True. Except for the swamp. Yeah. I don't remember where they filmed the swamp. But I don't hmm. think they went to Florida. But they could have. You never know. I could be wrong there. 
But uh, the road trip aspect of this movie and all the crazy hijinks they get in along mm-hmm. the way, um, including going from... I'm assuming the El Slizo Cafe, like Kermit Swamp, is also in Florida. Yeah. but they, So they go from there to Rhode Island, according to the song, Bing. To, Bing. Sus- to Saskatchewan. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> Fozzie gets confused as to why the sun is coming up in the, the west. west. <laughs> they literally turn left at the fork in the, the road. road. Quite literally. That is one of my favorite songs, too, by the way. But uh, then later on, as they meet up with uh, Gonzo and uh, all them, and as the chaos slowly builds, only for it to kind of fall apart when the car breaks down there in the desert. Yeah. And you're going, they were so close. Oh, yeah. The, they gave the band the script so they could come <laughs> save them later on. It's a weird plot point, but that it's is. one of the most important in the yes. movie. Fun thing. Did you notice that when they hand the script to the band at the beginning, the cover is still kind of plain? It just has the title That's and else right. on it? That's right, yeah. But when they bring the script out at, at the campfire, yeah. they've drawn all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. I thought, oh, that's an interesting little detail that you didn't have to do. Yes. And then, of course, you get the showdown. Oh, In the, in yeah. the ghost town between Kermit and uh, Doc Hopper. And, of course, Kermit has, put, has somehow found a small enough cowboy hat to fit on his head, plus boots and spurs. Yeah. I don't know why he has any of this stuff, but it works for the scene. Only for it to go to a giant animal head coming out of the building. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. Let's keep yeah. going. Yeah. How, how many pills did the animal take? I'm guessing the whole oh, jar. Right. I guess so. That's my guess, but I don't know. It, the crazy hijinks set in Sue with the movie, everyone they meet, yeah, everyone they every one of these villains they defeat just makes this movie so much fun. Agreed. So yeah, that's my first like. Okay. My number one, actually, like in the middle of this conversation, I changed mine because originally I was gonna do uh the cinematography. The cinematography movie in this movie is great. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. It keeps I'd be like I don't know if this uh, the the version I watched is a is a remastered or uh, a re uh, the yeah. Disney Plus version is the same one that's on the newest Blu-ray and Disney did do a full uh, 1080p remastering a couple years back okay. maybe 4K I don't know okay yeah but either way it looks spectacular but what I wanted to bring up was the the fourth wall breaking this yes. movie all throughout the film congratulations you have just touched on my second like. <laughs> But we will get to that in a minute. Okay, so the the fact to be like, obviously for our our more modern our modern audience, the the idea of the third the uh, the fourth wall the fourth wall break is so common mm-hmm. with the uh, like the likes of Daredevil, not Daredevil, but uh, uh, Deadpool, 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 and uh, just all these others. But the way they execute the fourth wall break in mm-hmm. this movie, it's is, almost like the fourth wall isn't even there. No, it's not. <laughs> Because it'd be like, yeah, most of the characters will talk to our, talk to the audience. Well, and, and definitely here, Kermit. Here's the thing, though, about yeah. uh, the Muppets is you have to remember the original Muppet show that technically all the, these movies are based on. Yeah. Even though many of the characters predate the Muppet show by mm-hmm. uh, two or three decades, right? 
or one or two decades actually because uh anyway it was designed as a stage variety show right uh so them turning and talking to the audience is normal yes so it makes sense they do it here when it when they hit bumps and they have to go oh well yeah this is it yeah <laughs> i i how the ex like i said before how they executed the fourth wall breaks Mm-hmm. Of where, like, like you said, it's supposed to be originally a stage show. Yeah. And now understanding that better because I never, I never saw them. I've never seen the show or its other incarnations. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was more kind of threw me for a loop. It's like, wait, Kermit's talking to us or Miss Piggy's talking to us or something like that. It, but um, it's I mean, like it was, it was a real treat to actually you know watch that. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. So, yeah, my number one is the fourth wall break. <laughs> so, officially, my number two is meta humor. Okay. But a lot of that is dealing with the fourth wall breaks. Yes. Uh, but a lot of things such as, I also include in that is the running gags that come out of, that should not be able to follow them and yet do. True. Much like uh, myth. Yes. <laughs> That's a myth. Myth. Yes. It's- <laughs> Uh, among with a, another one that I'm not going to bring up because that'll come up later because I yeah. actually don't like that joke. But anyway, okay. The I I will blame the Muppets for my love of meta humor. I could tell because that. honestly, I don't think I'd have gotten into it as much if I wasn't so used to it from this show. Yeah, from this movie and the original show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way they even rip on the cameos. That mm-hmm. showing that that show up, uh, it, it almost feels like every cam- person who had a cameo in this movie mm-hmm. wrote their own material, and they ain't just left it in there after True. they maybe cleaned it up. Especially yeah. Mel Brooks. Yes, Mel Brooks is Doctor Crossman, <laughs> which you can tell is his uh, his uh, it's his German that's somewhat Nazi-ish, but he's Jewish, so he can make those jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that's his type of character. They don't make a reference to it, but they do a couple of things. It's like, oh, you're obviously the stereotypical evil German scientist, but yet yeah. this is still funny. <laughs> so true. Uh, but all those things coming together, ending with... Uh, Orson Welles? Orson Welles is part of it. I mean, mostly I was referring to oh, the fact mind. that the entire movie is bookended in the fact that the Muppets are watching a movie that now we're watching with them. Yes. <laughs> Even though we don't get to hear their commentary, which I would have liked to hear, but I'm kind of also glad we didn't. Yeah. So that being, and plus this is another one, this is one of those movies, and I love it when movies do this. The movie doesn't end just because the credits started. Yeah. They're still movie going while the credits are yeah, showing. Yeah, I thought that was ingenious. And ends when Animal tells you to go home. <laughs> Go home! I love that. Yes, that was so good. And the fact that it ends, you get this big, one thing, you get every Muppet ever created on screen at one time. Yeah, at that time, yes. Which includes both the Sesame Street Muppets, the Muppet Show Muppets, the Fraggle Rock I didn't puppets. realize this. Yeah. Uh, th- that scene is in the Guinness Book of World Records. Really? For most number of puppeteers on stage at one time. Wow, okay. Because they wanted to get every character they had. Wow. And they had to hire every puppeteer in California on the stage for this one scene. And you get this great, cool scene. Yeah. 
only to be interrupted by Sweetums coming through the screen. <laughs> which is like, oh yeah, I almost forgot about you. Hey, Sweetums. But yeah, I, I love the meta humor in this. Yes. And it's... Okay, would be the cameo of all cameos. That's kind of a meta joke in itself. Big Bird shows up. Yes. <laughs> Who's walking to New York for a TV audition. Because he wants to break into public television. <laughs> Here's the better part. Were you paying attention to the song as he was walking away? No. The line literally goes, we're like birds of a feather. feather. And it doesn't, and it doesn't leave, the image doesn't leave Big Bird until after that line. They leave it on there. It's like, hey, Big Bird, we're going to talk about birds. And then we'll move away from Big Bird. <laughs> It is a great cameo. It's not, it is. It is not the last uh, Sesame Street cameo that they got in because both uh, Muppets Take Manhattan and Muppets um, Great Muppet Caper yeah. both have quick uh, cameos by uh, Sesame Street Muppets. Oh, okay. I, I, I found it to be like, there again, haven't seen the movie before, and... You know, obviously, Jim Henson created Sesame Street. Yeah. And so, obviously, you would have one of his characters, his most iconic character from that show. Plus, Carol Spenny is probably the only one of the quote-unquote Muppet performers yeah. who's only ever did Sesame Street. Really? He was never a character on the Muppets, in the, in the Muppet franchise. He only did the, the two biggest ones he's known for is Carol Spenny and, and Carol Spenny, Big Bird and the Grouch. And that's the only... That's that he he never did. I don't, I don't. I could be wrong. Yeah, always I could be wrong. But I don't think he ever even did a minor character on the Muppets. Wow, I think he was that focused on doing those two characters mm. and the other characters he did on Sesame Street. Okay, and it is sad that he's no longer with us because yeah. he is a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I just the the fact that these two characters, these two franchise, see each other on a road, say hi, then keep going. Yeah, be like, I'm going to Hollywood, I'm going to New York. And I thought those were the greatest little, you know, cameo, meta humor, mm-hmm. what have you, crossover between, you know, Jim Henson's creations. And just be like, oh, we're going to go our separate way, our, our different ways to, you know, yeah. make it big. <laughs> I thought that was ingenious. All right. All right. So what is your number? My third like, like is the music ah. in this movie. Mainly the, the big song. So. When you're looking at this, you've got a lot of the the big ones. You've got yeah. uh, Rainbow Connection, the mm-hmm. most well-known Muppet song outside of It's Not Easy Being Green. Right. You got uh, Moving Right Along, which is still one of my favorite songs. Okay. Uh, the rest of them are not quite as good, but they're still good. Gotcha. Uh, the only one I really don't like is Miss Piggy's song, and I think that's just because I have never been a big Miss Piggy fan. Yeah, I appreciate what she does on the show, but I just I'm not never been a fan of the character herself. I got gotcha. you. So her singing her love ballad to Kermit, admittedly as a kid, I I never I, I would just that was when I got distracted by other things until that song went off. Oh yeah. So I never until I was an adult. Yeah. I didn't see Kermit getting dragged all over <laughs> in these love scenes because Miss Piggy is. Going so fast, she keeps running him over, and he keeps drowning in the pond, and yes. she won't pull him out. <laughs> I didn't see that until about five or ten years ago. Oh, gosh. It's like, okay, this is ingenious, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I still hate the song. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I'm Going Back There Someday that Gonzo sings is mm-hmm. still one of the prettiest songs probably in the last 30 years. True. 
for what it is. I mean, it's it's not as memorable because I have I don't remember it until I watch the movie again. Yeah. But it's still a pretty song. And here's the interesting thing. Right. There is a in Muppets from Space, which you know is primarily about Gonzo. Mm-hmm. They play use that song as kind of his motif hmm. throughout the movie. His character motif. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I did want to bring up one thing. Okay. When uh when watching this film and you describing, you know, the the one song you dislike, it made me think it's like wait a minute. Okay. A f- fr- uh, a pig falls in love with a frog. Mm-hmm. I see one problem with this. Pigs are omnivores. You're so reading if, too much into it. Yeah, so if Miss Piggy really got hungry, be like Bye, Kermit. You are <laughs> reading too much into it. I know. I thought it was a really funny joke. <laughs> You're reading way too much into it. Uh, oh, I love me. you, Kermit. Oh. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Wait, just wait till we get to an, a later Muppet movie and they actually talk about the weirdness of that relationship. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is a little bit of a weird like, relationship. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess now we can move into our dislikes. You want to okay. go first? Sure. All right. So this is, I know it's the limitation of the, um, the media, the media in itself, the medium, the medium. Thank you. In the medium itself, the, uh, basically jumping from set to set to set to set. And I understand why they did it because it's puppets. <laughs> Like you, you need. I think that's part of it, but at the same time, the writing at this time was yeah. very much because they were, they were used to writing skits for the Muppet yeah, Show. Yeah, absolutely. That was still the thought process going into this movie. Oh yeah, was we've got a skit where Kermit's talking to an agent at uh, mm-hmm. on the swamp, and now Kermit's riding a bike through town and nearly gets destroyed by uh, a steamroller. Yeah, or as he says, he nearly. Is uh, gone with the Schwinn. Mm-hmm. Still one of my favorite lines. Yeah, that was very good. Um, and then you move on to the El Slizo Cafe. Yeah, and you get those that skit, and then mm-hmm. that's the, really what it comes down to. Yeah, is they are going from skit, skit to, to skit, skit to skit. And I think that's why we get to my first dislike. Okay, in this, and that's the fact that you can tell in their writing of the skits, they realized they had no way of getting from the. Uh, Max Crass, the uh, Max Craftsman, yeah, the Doctor Craftsman, yeah, e- the evil German scientist skit, and the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a big jump in the time, and yes. I, which I dislike that that that's uh-huh. what they had to do. Agree. I I still cough that up to. This was the first movie any of these people had ever done. Agree. So, I I give them a pass there, but you can tell that okay, yeah, they are. St- they haven't broken from that mindset yet. Yeah, they they and they, they, they realized they had a problem about midway through the script, and the only way they could resolve it was <coughs> let's have the film break. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it works, and that gives us an excuse to have the Swedish Chef somewhere in this movie because we had couldn't fit him in anywhere else. Yeah, and also to uh, kind of bounce off your 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 point was the the fact that we have Miss Piggy goes off. And then comes back literally five seconds it's later. later. Me like, because yeah, obviously we, have... we missed a part of the movie because the film broke. Yeah, that was just like, huh? I was like, okay, we'll just chop it up to that. Literally chop it off of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, yeah. So I actually said my first dislike in your, with yes. yours also. So what's yeah. your second dislike? Oh, so, I really don't have... Uh, I've got one you maybe hadn't thought of. Okay, go for it. My second dislike 
is the Harry Krishna running gag. Okay. You, you, you do know what I'm referring to. No, I do not. Okay, so three times in this movie, someone says something about being lost, and the other person replies with, uh, have you tried Harry Krishna? Okay, I did not get that joke whatsoever. That's the reason why. Yeah. Actually, it's, it, they say it twice, and the third time, it's on the sign outside of the church where they find Dr. Teeth. There's okay, a sign yeah. that says, Lost, try Reverend Harry Krishna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally a, lost. I was like, huh? A, that joke does not age well. Okay. B, I know nothing about the religion. I just know I don't like it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I, I, I don't think that joke aged well. It's not even, I don't think it's that funny to begin with. Okay. And I kind of just wish they had not done that because I think that, among a lot of uh, that unfairly uh, dates the film. Yeah. In a way that the rest of the jokes really don't. I got you. That makes sense. So I'm guessing since you didn't have a second dislike, mm. you don't have a third. No, I do not. I do have a third. Okay. Because I actually was trying to think, make sure, because I know how much I love this movie. Yeah, you were trying to, trying to you think. were being critical about yes, it. Yes, trying to be critical. And here's the cr- most critical part of it. Remember what I said about that time jump? Okay. Being annoying, mm-hmm. that is probably the biggest evidence that this movie story is a bit weak. You've agreed, and agreed. I would say it might be the weakest written story of the Muppets franchise. Ah, now that seems like a bad thing when you hear it, right? I want to point out that almost every Muppet movie I place probably in the upper twenty percent of liked movies mm. in that I've ever seen. Yeah. That's pretty good. That is really good. <laughs> but I'm saying this movie, the weakest has, which I think has the weakest story. Yeah. Just cause it's at the bottom of the list of Muppet movies. Doesn't make it in a, put it in a bad spot overall. Yeah, exactly. I, I honestly think, I mean, obviously we saw Muppet Christmas Carol that has a much better story, mostly yeah. cause Charles Dickens wrote, wrote it and they yes. adapted an expert adaptation yes. of it. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island, which was the one after that, it was of course written by Robert Louis Stevenson's, and they adapted mm-hmm. that. Uh, the other two, five movies, yeah, I had to stop. I think it's five. Yeah, Muppet um, Muppets Take Manhattan, uh, The Great Muppet Caper, mm-hmm. Muppets from Space, The Muppets, and Muppets Most Wanted. Five movies. Okay, the other five movies are at least original stories. Okay. But they are written better. Okay, I don't know a better that, way that, to put it than that. That makes sense, actually. And but he, but here's the weird thing: as much as I don't like how weak this story is, yeah, it's and, and admittedly one of these Muppet movies I've seen one time. Okay, and it was a long time ago, and it was Muppets from Space. I don't. I've only seen it once, and I don't remember if I liked the movie that much or not. Yeah. And so I think I've kind of put it below the Muppet movie up for uh, up until this point. Maybe when we get around to doing Muppets from Space, yeah, that will change. Okay, but because I think I I think I liked this movie better than Muppets from Space. But maybe that could be nostalgia talking. It could mm-hmm. be poor memory talking. I don't know. But yeah, I hate that this is actually the weakest movie in the <laughs> franchise. Now, admittedly, I am also not counting. The numerous made-for-TV specials. Okay. Because there are a ton, and I don't know all the names of them. Okay. And I've only seen maybe a handful just because of you know timing and such. 
And a lot of these are hard to get a hold of nowadays mm. for whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah, that's my third dislike. All right, then. So let's get into our rating okay. of this movie. What is your rating, good sir? All right. My rating would be, I'm going to give it a, a good solid eight. Okay. It's an enjoyable film. Yes, it does have its 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 weakness in its writing. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's how it's it's staging in its its writing. Because they literally have to jump through a hoop in order to get to this point. Yes. Literally breaking the film in order to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh besides that, be like you have such the the creativity, the the characters, the the humor, the the meta humor, the cameos, the just in spite of its its uh, in despite its its script being weak, mm-hmm. its structure being weak, it's still a very good movie. Oh yes, incredibly well done. Such imagination went into this film, and I enjoy it for that because sometimes it'd be like you have people that they can't look past like the movie we just recently did with Scoob. Mm-hmm. People, the reviews I have read and seen, that people could not get past the fact that this was not a mystery. That Scoob was not a mystery movie. It was kind of a mystery. It yeah. just we knew who it was the whole time. Yeah, it wasn't a classic Scooby mystery, but yeah, I think it was just more people could not get over the fact of be like wasn't a classic Scooby Doo story. No. But the exact same way, be like it was you a can... two-hour Hanna Barbera cartoon that happened to star Scooby Doo as its primary lead. Right, that's what it was. And see, but people, yeah. Either way, be like, it's a good, it's a good movie story-wise, meh. movie-wise, amazing, oh, yeah. amazing movie. What about you? I'm giving it an eight point five. All right. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of nostalgia writing mm-hmm. on this movie for me. Uh. I enjoy this movie a lot. It's even that even that weak point of them breaking the film literally to get to the next scene because they really had no way of getting from one point to the other. Right. I think even with that, that even even that works mm-hmm. for the film. That is a very Muppety thing to do mm-hmm. in a movie, even though I think on the whole it doesn't work that well. It kind of works for the Muppets because I can see something like that happening in the Muppet Show. Okay. Even with that, I mean, this movie does a lot of good things, and especially when you consider this is probably the first movie with puppets that close to the screen. Yeah. Uh, to the point where on in the film you can actually see the fuzz on Kermit's body mm-hmm. and. Uh, the the foam that makes up Gonzo's nose. Yeah, you can see the little uh, the holes. I guess is the best is what you call that. Yeah, you can tell it's made out of foam. Robert, from yeah. foam is what it comes down to. When they're that close to the screen, you th- would think that would break, and in this movie, it doesn't. No, and I I love that technical achievement on its own is amazing yeah. because honestly. It was amazing they got this to work on TV in the first place. Mm-hmm. Making the step up to where, oh, this is going to work on a movie theater screen. And it's still believable. Yeah. That's the weird thing about the Muppets. You go into it knowing they're puppets. Right? Correct. You know it. There is no amount of trickery they can do to make you think yeah. that these are anything but puppets. And yet, 
I don't think of Kermit the Frog as being controlled by Jim Henson when I'm watching the movie. I think of it as Kermit the Frog. I think of it as Miss Piggy, not someone controlling them. Mm-hmm. I consider that an achievement in and of itself. Yeah. The fact that, yes, I know it's all fake, but it's a believable fake. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense yeah, whatsoever. It does. It and this does. movie was the first movie to achieve that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I'm giving it an 8.5. All right. Excellent. So, normally, right now, we would, now that we've reached the end of the review, we would be rolling to find out what our next movie is. Here's the thing. On the list right now, four of the spots go to Aladdin. Yes. Would you agree that we should just rub the lamp and get these four spots took care of and yes. move on from there? Yeah. So, yeah, the ne- our next episode, we are going to review the classic Robin Williams animated movie, Aladdin. Yes. I love Aladdin. This is going to be a fun one. Yes. So uh, we, will add, we, will, we will kind of refresh the list mm-hmm. on that one. I need to double check because I think we may have passed over 20 films, which okay. means we need to re-roll our uh, order. Okay. So we'll see what that yeah. looks like going we'll forward. We'll work on that. All right. So come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.